Welcome to The Fifth Element, a podcast for people seeking intimate connection with their innermost self through holistic healing, cosmic consciousness, and radical rebirth. We hope each episode is an opportunity for listeners to join the collective journey towards intuition and integration. I wanted to, I wanted to miss Frizzle you today before we jump into this conversation. Okay. Look at the earrings. Can you see them? Oh my gosh, Keely. <gasps> right. Why have you been keeping those from me? Well, they're new. They're new. Let me like give the YouTube a closer, a closer oh look Oh my gosh. Look at these little bad boys. <gasps> Aren't they 3D? Oh yeah. Look at that. So on a recent trip to um, visit sister of the podcast, Taylor, um, in North Carolina, we were making earrings left and right. She owns Keystone Clay. You can follow them on Instagram. And she makes all these like super adorable um, clay earrings. And I'll go down there and like help her and we'll like put together collections and things. And then I'll make myself a couple custom pair. Amazing. <laughs> that I need for my various ventures in life. And obviously the solar system is one of them. Wow. So. Those are so great. Thank you. Yeah, they're really cute. Um, but yeah, check out Taylor uh, and her earrings. And yeah. So but speaking today, of the stars. <laughs> speaking of the stars, um, I feel like last season was our episode called like, where are they now? <laughs> like the stars. Like the <laughs> People magazine a segment that used to be like stars they're just like us <laughs> they really are though we are the stars um anyway i don't think they were thinking that when they made the, made those headlines right it would be well, like, like Look, we're jennifer... just like the stars right it'd be like jennifer aniston buys milk too stars they're just, they're like, just us. like us what a weird segment <laughs> uh, yeah it is always like them going grocery shopping always or, like, going on a walk with their kids in the park like oh they're human too okay okay um we are going to today um take our weekly take our seasonal revisiting um at each other's birth charts Mm -hmm. and kind of glean some life updates and um happenings through the lenses of our charts so hopefully you all find this interesting yeah it's interesting I I never like this these aren't the types of episodes that I like hear feedback from from people but like we love them right and I feel like they get the same amount of listens as the other ones so yeah the best way that you can learn about your chart in my opinion is like hearing how other people experience their chart and like being inspired to go and research how you experience your chart. And maybe you have similar placements as us or how we're talking about it inspires you to um, look at your own and see what's transiting for you or what houses are alive for you. And of course, if you want to schedule a birth chart reading with me, that's what we go into. But um, so we have our charts pulled up. So we have our charts pulled up. do you want me to start? Sure. Or do you want to start? Do you, well, we need to introduce astrocartography as well. Which, like, every time I say astrocartography, I feel like I'm about to say cartel. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. But it's just, like, astrocartography. Yeah, I mean, and we don't even have to go there if that's not, like, 
where your where your heart's at. I mean, I can tell you, I don't know if there's I think it's interesting. Thing. You should just like talk about what it is. Yeah. Okay. And like well, give some examples because I think it's cool. I just don't know much about it. Yeah. I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast before either. Okay. So astrocartography is basically, um, uh, as, as we have discussed, there are no limits to the insight that astrology can offer, um, including um, like geographical insights. Um, so basically what astrocartography does is it takes your birth chart and it maps it across like a map of the world um, and different planets align with like different, like cast different lines across the globe. Um, and some of them intersect for like more dynamic points um, or are in close proximity to one another. Uh, and basically they, those lines move through specific geographical points um, on earth and you can kind of like glean inside of like what types of interactions or like life events would be likely to happen in those places or um, just kind of use them as offerings for intentional reflection as you move through those places. Um, as always, it's like the information or, you know, reflections are available to you if you so choose to take part in them. It doesn't mean that like if you have, you know, if your moon line goes through uh, Nepal, that you have to move to Nepal because that's the only place you'll ever feel at home. Um, it just means that, um, if you were to go to that place, maybe that's a reflection that you could have, or you will gain insights about those hmm. themes while yeah, you're there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, or if you're looking for clarity on certain things, or you're looking for a partner, maybe you go to those spaces where wow. Venus passes through. Um, if if that's the main like thing that you're looking for, and you don't care, like location isn't an object, then yeah, sure, maybe you follow your astro cartography. Um, they can also tell you, you know, like where to like where good vacation spots are or you know relocation spots or um where not to move different things so oh wow okay but one of my friends and our uh, podcast guest on the first season danielle she moved she realized that where she's living now is on her pluto line and at first it was like really really difficult she was like why am i not like able to get settled here and like learning that it was on her Pluto line was like really illuminating for her and then she realized that she had such um potent spiritual like power and mastery that was like happening for her there Mm. but like knowing where knowing that like that was kind of what was bringing all this darker harder energy allowed her to like see okay this is also an opportunity for me to like be in my personal power, which is what Pluto calls us. But like also a lot of shit is going to feel difficult and heavy, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, isn't that what all of astrology is? I mean, like there are no bad bir- bad placements in the birth chart, like inherently bad. You know, it's it's a matter of like, yeah, there are more challenging ones. Um, but again, you always have the kind of the answer key of like how to balance out that mm. that reality and like integrate um, the energy of other signs or channel the energy of other placements that you have to kind of like ease the blow of those challenging things. And it's the same thing. I mean, like the, the archetypes and, um, energy of the planets and like placements in the chart are going to be casting similar energies across these geographical points as well. And so, you know, there's like a whole other layer of layering on your chart and how these planets show up in your chart and the energy that you already have, you know, um, the energy of my Saturn 
is going to affect my Saturn line differently than it does yours mm, um, and how sense. I, and how I connect with that and how I resonate with it and how I've learned to integrate Saturn into my life at all times is going to like be a play with that's cool. those geographical places. So yeah, truly, I mean, there's so many layers, but that's like a beautiful witness of like, yeah, of course your first interaction with a place on your Pluto line is going to be hard and heavy and like deep and right. you're describing and I was like yeah there's so much like power and like potency for transformation yeah in the Pluto place yeah, yeah. crazy wow so I mean do you want me to look at yours I'd love to okay okay so this is just the United States um, or just North America um, okay 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 for your line See, so are there any places in particular or just like things you want to look in on we did we did look at yours um briefly um talking about I think when we talked about like Phoenix and Arizona or in Texas as well okay um, yeah I just like my brain does not work with visuals so I like <laughs> don't know what I'm looking at can you just like go through what, where my lines yeah. are so this is a map of North America um and each of these <laughs> each of You're these like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm describing no, I'm... it for the listeners <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm like okay do you know that much <laughs> okay so Emily this is Florida <laughs> um Okay, so then you'll see these multicolored. Oh, um, listeners, I'm on astro.com where you can just search astrocartography. This is the site I like to use. But um, yeah, so it is uh, a map of North America. And then we have these lines of varying colors just like cast, yeah. uh, cast all over um, this picture. And then you'll see at the top um, uh, and on the sides, you'll have like little the, the glyphs, the symbols of. Um, Astral or of the um, planets and planetary bodies. Um, so, like, you have your moon here is this blue one. Um, okay. But then you also have, um, like, under it are some, like, letters. So, um, the MC, which is the midheaven, um, the highest point of the chart, the DS, which is the descendant opposite your ascendant or rising sign. Um, you have an ascendant over here. And then also your IC, which is um, your Imam Coeli, the line, or the point in the chart that's opposite the midheaven. So those are all, each one of those four, um, those are called the angles of the chart. Midheaven, okay. IC, ascendant, and descendant are the four angles of the chart. Um, and so those are like matched up with each one of these uh, planetary or celestial placements. So you have all the planets, including the sun and moon, also Chiron, um, and the north and south node will be on there too. Okay. So then those lines um, uh, are cast across um, North America, this map of it, and uh, then you can learn about them. And so we could like click on any of them and it'll give you a little description on the side as well. Um, and hmm. okay, that's cute. Things about it. So, for so example, let's check my Venus. <laughs> Venus, alrighty. <laughs> so let's see, Venus is right here so you have one with or no that's hold on that's one here um yeah it's another wait do i not have one not north america <laughs> oh anywhere <laughs> wait really i mean wait no that green one next to um right here no the fourth one in Oh, 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 yes, 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 okay, yeah, because the other ones are Mercury, and I was like, mm, those are a little... Venus located along one of the main axes ensures an extremely pleasant and relaxing time. Social life takes precedent, and meeting people is a more harmonious activity. The more balanced level of energy at these locations promote mutual understanding, love, relationships are intensified, blah, 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 blah. Um, Venus energy lines are great for one's outer appearance and a healthy sense of self-worth. 
Um, Sensual appeal and erotic powers of attraction are intensified and inhibitions disappear. Love that. The danger, of course, exists that our love for hedonistic indulgence makes us passive and indifferent. Oh, car. So, you know, always keeping the things in balance. Venus energy lines inspire our creative abilities and talents, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, fashion and design industry fare particularly well in these spots. Um, okay, so your Venus line goes like on the leftmost coast of California and then all the way down, or I mean, California, Canada. And then through California, um, and then down past mm. there. So, Portland, Oregon. You've been there. Okay, yeah. Portland, Oregon. So, this is your Venus descendant line. Um, okay. And the emphasis here lies on all forms of relationships and shared experience. So, if you think about, like, Venus, planet of love and relationships, and your descendant is um, always located in the seventh house of relationships mm -hmm. and partnerships. So, there's a lot here with partnering. Um, uh, you feel, oh, you feel estranged and unbalanced on your own as if you were only half a person. Okay. Yeah. So because there's such like a strong emphasis on partnership wow. here to not have a partner in these places will make you feel like isolated and alone. Huh. But also there's like a strong, um, capacity to meet a partner here or to meet right. people that make you feel whole, but ultimately it's just like a revelation and invitation of like, this is something that you need to find within yourself and you will continue to feel lonely until that does. But again, with Venus lines, like great capacity for like social interactions um, and just like feeling like beautiful and like having like a strong sense of self-worth. Um, oh, you know, what's interesting that I'm just thinking of when mm -hmm. I went to Portland for my spring break senior year, there was, um, there was a, and I planned the entire thing and like, literally itinerary day by day but there was this one lookout that we visited and I literally said this is where I want to get proposed to and I like I never remember said that before you do because <laughs> didn't you go back when you were back in Portland yeah yeah and it was like I've over it was like, like overlooking water it was almost like a uh-huh yeah. it was like a moat yes yeah wow okay <laughs> So yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, so many things can happen in any given city. Right. But again, you, again, I think, like, anything in astrology or, like, spiritually or whatever, this is just, like, an invitation into consciousness or, like, intention. Yeah. Right. You know? Awareness of energies. Yeah. Yeah. So. Very interesting. I'm just, like, playing all the, like, you know, dissenters in my mind that would be, like this is bs like you're just making that up yeah well it's still cool care. it's like lay your birth chart out over the u.s that's just a cool concept yeah i mean we can look at the rest of the world too and see if see okay. if uh i don't know you're gonna need to go abroad mm -mm. not my fifth house sag stellium including venus <laughs> right um, okay oh okay looks what? like we have Venus and the IC going through, oh my gosh, um, like the tip of Ireland. I know that's come up in the past. <laughs> oh my God. And also uh, Mauritania. Uh, <laughs> and also Russia. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's yours? Yes, yes. Okay, so the moon line is fascinating. It's like your sense of like home and and like what you're creating and also like nostalgic, like uh, like your past of just like how you grew, like your sense of like children and family and like what home means. Um, oh yeah, that's really interesting. And that's just something I've always been like very fascinated about. I took a class in college called home here and abroad and it was literally just like how different cultures and societies like conceptualize the idea of like being at home um and I'm a cancer rising so naturally um but yeah and so yeah the moon line is very fascinating to me um and that one for me goes right through Little Rock Arkansas oh is like the notable city that it goes through Wow. So I, I like put a poll on Snapchat the first time I looked at my astro cartography and I was like, what's any, anybody got the 411 on Little Rock? Right. And only one person responded. Say? Only one person responded and she was like, oh yeah, my mom lived there. Don't, don't live there. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay. But I think you need to go. I think I need to go too, just to check it out. But also, but also. <laughs> Let me take you to Europe. <laughs> Let me take you on a little trip. Um, yeah, I also have a moon icy line that goes right through Milan. Oh, hello. Right through northern Italy, right through Milan, right through the lake. Wow, where, that's so cool. Which is where we were. And which is fascinating. Okay, it's, it's a moon icy line. Mm-hmm. Um, and if... People remember from our first episode of the season when I was talking about like Lake Como in the question game and like mm-hmm. all the things that it revealed to me about like home and like what I wanted for my like future family and like what it meant for me to be a woman and like all this stuff. Like those were all reflections that I had. And then I came back and I remember I was like looking at my astral cartography. I think it was because you had asked me to like do a reading for someone. And then I was like, oh, let me like check in on mine. And I like looked at Italy and well, actually, wait, hold on, backtrack. I like, oh no, no. Okay. So yeah. So that happened. Then I like looked at my astro cartography and I was like, oh my gosh, I literally have a, a moon and I see, which is like your past self mm-hmm. and like your sense of like how you grew up and um, all of that going right through Northern Italy after I was like reflecting on all these things. And then I was scrolling back through my Snapchat memories not too long after that. And I had saved a Snapchat that I sent you a, literally a year prior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right when we, like, were getting, like, invitations and stuff to the wedding, and I remember I looked up the astrocartography of um, Northern Italy, and I was, like, the caption is literally, it's the way, (laughs) it's the way, like, Italy will be the culmination of my healing over the next year. Mm -hmm. And truly, like, I moved home maybe a couple days after I sent you that Snapchat to, like, ground myself and, like, return to the place that I had grown up and, like, just be at home in myself and like have a sense of security and then that's a year literally later, that's exactly so what, amazing that's exactly I mean I spent a year doing that and then I went to Italy and like went so far away from home right only to be like reminded of truly like what I wanted and like needed from home and like that I was that for myself wow that's so cool yeah Oh my god. Crazy. So again, like, it's not like I was like, oh, I have to go to Italy now because blah, 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 blah. Or like, I'm going to go there with this intention. Like, I didn't remember that. Yeah. You know, and that was never going to be my intention going there anyways. 
but those were like the things that were revealed to me. And then you like start seeing all these patterns and it's just like beautiful. I feel like it's that the energy is the energy of those themes is most potent there. Like Mm -hmm. not that you have to go there obviously, but if you were then yeah, it's like most obvious or it's really cool. Totally. All right. So yeah, I mean, that's astral cartography. I definitely like suggest people look it up and just kind of glean, glean whatever wisdom you need from that. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. Um, I have your birth chart here in front of me, revisiting it for the third time publicly, <laughs> I think we'd say. It's um, expose. You're right. Um, and is there anything that like sticks out that like maybe you didn't notice? Yeah, before? well, just what stuck out right away was that all your planets are on the right side. Correct. And um, the way that I talk about this in readings, and I think you taught me this, but the right side of the chart being someone that is molded by their surroundings and like influenced by their environments and I describe it as like people who are sort of um like receptive and like open to what comes their way versus like someone that has their planets on all their planets on left side of the chart would be the other extreme of someone that like molds their environment and like changes and and really like it goes for what they want and it's like a super um like a um trailblazer type of person like I'm gonna I'm gonna make what I want to happen versus the right side of the chart being like checking in on what is happening and like what is my invitation here and what are the energies of like what's going on right now and how can I respond to them so Mm. That makes sense. Um, it's kind of like Mars and Pisces vibes of like, yeah. like being like sensitive to all the like subtle things that are going on and like being um, just like this kind of feeling of like waiting for the universe to like show you what is coming next or like what you should do next and like this in this relationship with your environment that stuck out to me um that creates a bowl shape in my chart so I am like really not like stuck in that in that part of the chart because all of my planets are in what like four houses sixth seventh eighth ninth and tenth yeah yeah but just literally one one in the sixth one in the tenth and everything else is Seven eight, seven, eight, nine. nine. And it's yeah. like the, 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 um, quadrant of others, right? Like relationships, yeah. relationships yeah. and, um, yeah. So it's a, it's a lot of, um, I guess like to use the bull metaphor, like it's a lot of like holding space mm-hmm. for other people. Um, but then that becomes your identity and it no longer, longer becomes like this admirable, like selfless thing. It's like my entire identity for so long was like wrapped up in like who I was to other people and who like what relationships I was in or like mm. longing for that. And like, that's like a dangerous thing that I tell to people who have third quadrant concentrations is like, 
you have to, again, like find that balance. Like I have nothing first quadrant of like self-awareness. And so it doesn't mean that I have no self-awareness, but it means that my default lens through which to operate in the world is to view myself through my relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure to put on other people. And it's a lot of, um, it's like a really like, uh, fragile way to like view yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if your entire concept of who you are is like based on like how other people are viewing you or how you're showing up for other people, it's never actually about you, but you're making it about you in that kind of like arrogant, manipulative way. Mm-hmm. So it's like very type two Enneagram stuff as well. So it's really like the journey of a lifetime to integrate and balance out into that first quadrant of like self-awareness of like, what do I actually believe? Like, who am I? Like mm-hmm. what, listening to your intuition, all of that. And like your planets are nine out of 10 on the top half too. So like the Mm -hmm. automatic energy is output and the automatic like focus is on the external and people and like your environment. So, wow. I've never actually thought about that. Wow. Yeah. That top half of the chart is the above the horizon line. Yeah. Cause the divider is your ascendant. Ascendant is rising over towards um it's rising clockwise so that top half of the chart from your ascendant to your descendant is everything that's like in the light publicly mm-hmm. and that like needs to be seen and yet your north node is the bottom most or yeah the north node is the in only the thing house. you have like on the bottom yeah yeah wow going to the depths wow <laughs> um Yeah. And then I feel like what you were describing too, with like the relationships and stuff like that, so much cancer rising as well. And like just the idea of your rising sign being the opposite of your moon. So the moon sign being like what you need, but then your rising sign being like your personality and how people view you and how you move in the world. So it's like literally in opposition to what you need, but also what a great balance to be like to have your emotional needs actually calling you out of this very outward focused like default mode and Mm -hmm. which is also like cancer rising's like strength obviously is to um, initiate emotional bonds and relationships but their challenge is to enact boundaries within that but how beautiful that your moon is like that's like your need So like the universe giving you a, like a touchstone anchor point to know, like to give you that flag of like, okay, I'm feeling emotionally off or like, I'm not feeling, I'm not fulfilling my emotional needs. And so that in turn, like you fulfilling that, like really regulates like everything, you know? Yeah. Wow. And and it's not just my moon. I have three planets in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So the universe was like, yeah, she's going to need a little bit more gravitational pull <laughs> from that yeah. cancer energy. Okay. This is really helpful because I was just thinking earlier, I was like, like, I'm definitely a cancer rising. Like that's definitely, it's not in question for me, but I would say that's the placement that I like resonate like emotionally the least with maybe that's not a good way to put it but like I guess it's the one that I like kind of cringe at because I for me like so many of the associations of cancer 
are associated with like the unhealthy sides of cancer that I resonated with for so long in my life. And so now I kind of like, I, I, now I like recognize I'm like, yeah, when I'm leaning into my Capricorn moon, like I feel that. And like, there's like a potent shift for me. And like, I love leaning into that, but I don't know if you have any like wisdom surrounding, like, I'm just like, I need to like learn to like embrace and like relove and like lean into and express that cancer rising in like a full and like integrated way because I feel like yeah I just give it a bad rap for myself well have you made the connection that the fourth house is your north node and Chiron like that cancer connection yeah but I don't dwell on it yeah I mean that like stepping into and embodying your rising sign is much more than just like being in your personality, you know, it's like, there's all these ties to really like ascending, like your ascendant sign being like a very, um, like spiritually enlightening and a path full of like inner work for you. Um, also like the moon being your chart ruler as a cancer rising and your moon being in the seventh house, like even though Capricorn and Cancer are polar opposites, like your moon still needs that emotional connection, obviously, and even more so because it's in the seventh house. So, and you know, those connections to Libra, which is again, your North Node. Mm -hmm. And so I think there is, um, like, I, I know why you focus on balance so much because not only is your North Node in Libra, but there's also like this pull towards the more that you balance your Capricorn moon, the more you get to be fully in this cancerial seventh house, fourth house, like emotional connection energy. But like you have to have that cancer or you have to have that Capricorn moon. Um, and the other thing that I noticed was that the, the planets that are next to your moon, which are Neptune and Jupiter. So this is like I mean, next Neptune next to the moon is like fantasy land, right? And like imagination and also extreme like creativity and like the ability to visualize things and see things differently, you know? Um, And Jupiter just amplifies all of this in the seventh house. So is is this why I had such such dark eras of fangirldom i mean yeah but like in the seventh capricorn well capricorn you approached it like a job and like no a goal (laughs) you know (laughs) and i think just like the way that you approach relationships too and friendships like even there's still that like sense of cap Capricornian structure of like wanting to make sure you're clear and like wanting to like enact boundaries and like having that so I can obviously see that in you but I mean it's just crazy the amount of stuff pulling you into like more of this like floaty like no boundaries some of those like shadow sides of cancer and of like this sort of like Pisces Neptunian energy as well And so thinking of these past three years that have been Capricorn heavy, like you've been 
learning how to literally like grow up out of that and like take responsibility in those areas of your life. And I'm picturing like, like lassoing like Neptune and Jupiter and your moon just being like, come on, like get, <laughs> get in here. Like we're like taking control of this. Right. Cause, cause whatever, whatever house Capricorn is for you in your chart, like that's where you've been learning these like lessons of crumbling for the past two years. And like, yeah. this will be kind of the final year of that. Um, so like learn, I feel like it's like, like learning to stop fantasizing almost like learning to be in reality and like, um, using your imagination and your creativity for like maturity, which just another like, note. like, I feel like you do in your work and in like, even what you do, like with improv like learning to like take those and funnel them in like a create in like a more responsible way, like more of a Capricorn way rather than just like letting them lead your like Capricorns like stepping up. Yeah. It's really hard for me to be a part of, well, I don't really do things that I'm not good at. Like I don't really find enjoyment in things like I, unless I'm like part of the process of like learning. Mm-hmm. but then like it's really hard for me to be a part of like communities or situations and not be like an active voice in either like teaching in that community or mm. building that community or maintaining that community like I just it's really hard for me to just like be like a passive like participant you know why do you think what's the connection there do you think the I mean I think it's the it's the cardinal energy in my chart of just like I think I see how things can improve or I see how things could work more efficiently or Mm -hmm. I have like very um very particular like attuneness to organization and I like see how things could like operate more smoothly and it's like frustrating to me when they like don't do that so a lot of times it comes from a place of like it's always from a place of like, I want to, like, I, I'm a part of this thing because I love it and I believe in it. And I think the mission is so strong. And like, I like want it to be the best it can be. And I want it to reach as many people as possible. Um, and I want to make it accessible to people in a way that they understand. And here's a way that we can do that. But I'm not always in charge. So, you know, it's, I mean, this has happened to me in like every walk of life for me. I remember sitting in like Spanish class in like the first grade and being like, why are we learning this first when we could be yeah. learning that first? Like that would make so much more sense, Yeah, you know? Um, and a lot of that is just like, I'm very like attuned to like root causes and like beginnings and like seeing like the systematics of like how things build on one another and like operate and other people's minds don't work like that. And like, that's been like a lesson to learn, especially in the last year or two is just Mm. like learning to like release what I can't control um and to like trust that things will work out if I'm not the one navigating the ship which is cancer right like trusting flowing like that sort of energy of like being taken care of Mm -hmm. yeah so that's cool like the more that you've been learning those Capricorn lessons, the more 
the cancer has been showing up as the antidote to the lessons. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because it's like easy to blame like the last couple of years of like Capricorn heavy astrological things to just be like, oh, this has been a really hard time for Capricorns. But it's like different to be like, okay, but what part of my chart is that showing up in? And like, how have I been like, just because it's happening in the cosmos doesn't mean that you're not playing an active role in the making, in the learning of the lessons yeah. and that like, like creating the things that are difficult. And for me, it's like, yeah, I've been, Capricorn's been lit up in the sky. So like, I've been leaning more into Capricorn and it's illuminating the places where my Capricorn energy is difficult for me. Mm. And so it's almost like, yeah, when all this Capricorn energy is going on, it's like, yeah, I should be leaning on and looking towards that cancer energy, whether you have it in your chart or not. Cause that's like the, the change in perspective of helping you navigate these times. Wow. I mean, that's what the full moon is for, right? Like the yeah. full moon is illuminated in the polar sign of whatever the sun is in so that we can like have this perspective shift halfway through the sun season. And so it can illuminate everything that we might not be seeing because we're so enmeshed in what that is. Mm-hmm. And then we can integrate those lessons and then we have the second half of the lunar cycle and sun season to grow and learn and that's why you're ruled by the moon because that's your lesson of like evolution Mm. wow thank you (laughs) Mm -hmm. um the other thing that stuck out that I don't think I've talked about this before in your chart is the Venus and Aries in the tenth. <laughs> yeah, please um, discuss. Because it's also your south node, right? So it's like this is the placement where there is comfortability and also where there's going to be a pull towards like mastery in a sense. Um, and if you'll if you stay there it will feel easy, but not necessarily like fulfilling. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting because I originally was thinking like, okay, Venus and Aries in the 10th, like this is an obvious insight into like, you need to be doing something you're passionate about mm-hmm. and something that's like about you. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like that alone like I feel like we put that on a pedestal of like do the thing you're passionate about and like then you'll be fulfilled and like happy forever but especially since it's your south node it's like that's just the beginning point for you and actually the north node of what you're like here to actually do is the healing and the family and the libra like relationship um like partnership emphasis on balance like the doing what you're passionate about and carving your own path is merely a stepping stone, you know? And where you're really going is like towards the wounds and like towards like Libra being like peace and balance and like fourth house being home. So yeah, just as you're like kind of, figuring out like quote what you're doing for the next couple years or whatever it's like but is that even what you'll be doing 
you know, or is it just like, well, and this has been, this has been the, the difficult thing for me because I have Sagittarius ruling the sixth house. Like I just have a lot of interests. Like the idea of like a career is like so unappealing to me, you mm-hmm. know? So to hear you say like, yeah, it makes sense that you should be doing something you're passionate about or something that aligns with your identity, like all this stuff, like, yeah. But to if that, like that just being like the stepping stone and as Aries too, it's kind of like short-lived anyways, right? Like it's a right. first sign of the Zodiac. Like it's going to be this continuous beginning aligned with myself, but if son in the eighth house, like who I am is ever changing and like evolving and transforming. Mm-hmm. And I think so the, the roadblock for me in that capacity is again, with that third quadrant kind of like identity and relationships, like I've healed so many of those wounds, but at the same time, like it is still of concern to me, like how other people perceive me or like being misunderstood or people not mm-hmm. like not evolving on the same path that I am. And so it's like, okay, well now all of a sudden, like when I first got into astrology, it's like now all of a sudden Keely went from being this like really you know like known as being this like super catholic like religious person and like now she's a witch like it's like too hard for like like people aren't um evolving with me and like that's Mm -hmm. fine that's beautiful but i need to not hold on so tightly to i need other people to understand and like validate so that like i don't lose these relationships as i'm like journeying Mm. through this becoming of myself and I think well, that is that is still like an insecurity that I, that I hold on to. Yeah, and like the the Chiron and Libra, like a a need for um like being understood and like people understanding your perspective and where you're coming from, mm-hmm. and like just remembering too that like the the I don't like saying high side but like the integrated side of Libra is justice and it's like justice is balance because there are there is injustice so a lot of people see Libra as just this like peaceful passive like beauty happy you know people pleasing sign and that's actually just like a less integrated part of Libra. Like the full potential of Libra is partnership where two people are existing wholly together and seeing each other's perspectives. And mm-hmm. that sign of the scales, like the balance needs two full people there. Well, that's, right? that's the reciprocity. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talk a lot about like tension and I was thinking, earlier throughout this this recording of Libra is like the the fullest expression of that of like connection through tension like it's this that's like what reciprocity is it's not just like a back and forth it's not it's not a tennis match it's Mm -hmm. like an all the time like intensity of like feeding and receiving and giving and opening and all of these things right and it's like like that is and, and that's like Pisces too the fish swimming in opposite directions but like the wholeness comes from them following their own path and like that's what the whole chart is and so I don't know it's just 
it's this very beautiful thing to me of of like constant connection and like interface and mm-hmm. tension and but like the tension of that but through that tension comes like wholeness and expression and beauty and like mm-hmm. wow I mean yeah my Chiron is like I think it's almost exactly opposite my Venus in Aries mm. right yeah it is yeah It's my it's my South Chiron. We don't need to expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was super helpful. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Wow. All right, gotta go love my cancer. Yes, you do. Okay. Embrace it. <laughs> well, I truly have no choice. Um. All right. Let's go to your chart. Yay. So when I first pulled it up, the very first thing that um, stuck out to me, I don't think I ever have clocked your midheaven in Aries. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you think about often? Um, or that even resonates with you? It definitely resonates that it, that it's, um, like in the ninth house, especially, um, because I have always just been a teacher and like, that's kind of how I think about midheaven in the ninth house. Um, and I think just my like public legacy or public image is pretty Aries of like, fire and confidence and um yeah I definitely resonate with it uh at some point I feel like I I thought or maybe like a different housing system um or maybe just when I first looked at my chart and I saw it like near Taurus I was like oh midheaven in the 10th like okay I'll do work that's public but as I've like come more into myself I'm like no it's actually my like my views and like my insight that is what I'm even like teaching from you know like I could never teach something that's not embodied for me or like that's not like who I am um Yeah, and other, I mean, it's just also, like, I feel like Sagittarius vibes with the, with the ninth house of just, like, adding on to my quest for, like, knowledge and experiences and, like, learning as well, like, learning about other people and how they live, but always through, like, the Aries funnel of, like, okay, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak to my experience of it and, like, bring my perspectives into the mix. Like, I've never had a problem with that. Never had a problem with, I was just thinking about this the other day too. Like, I honestly have never had a problem with confidence. Like, and I can't relate to, I really can't relate at all to people like not feeling confident. Wow. (laughs) Like, I obviously have insecurities and I have things that I'm not good at, but it's still 
to me, like it's a tangible feeling of like confidence of like this feeling of like, I can figure anything out. And I just have like a very clear, um, like this, someone asked me the other day, like, what, what, what are your, what are you really good at? And my immediate answer was like, figuring stuff out. Like I can figure anything out and I can just like do it. And to me, that is like confidence and that like Aries with the Leo and the Mars and everything. It just like tracks of, yeah, I'm just going to like figure it out and do it. Wow. I mean, I think that's also Mars in the first house too. Just this assertion of, of self, but yeah, well, um, to clarify for people who don't know your midheaven is the highest point of your chart. And it's, it's typically in the 10th house for, for most people. Um, but for some it's in the ninth. Um, I think some people the 11th too, maybe, but um, I read a chart the other day where it was in the 12th and wow. she was, I know she was How? one of a kind. She was one of a kind and her chart was like so unique. I mean, everyone's is, but like, I had never seen a chart like hers before. And she said that every energy healer, every psychic, every medium she's seen says the same thing of like, there's something that I've never seen before. It was so cool. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so I I heard once that people with their midheaven in the 10th house are remembered for what they do. People with midheaven in the ninth house are remembered for how they think. Oh, interesting. And I was like, because I remember the first time I saw it was in the ninth house. It didn't really like mean too much to me. But then when I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, that's much, that resonates Mm -hmm. so much more. That's how I want to be remembered is like how I thought about things, how I wrote about things. Um, Yeah. And yeah, you are right on the cusp of Taurus. So it may have been different in like Placidus or Mm -hmm. Porphyry or one of the other systems. Um, But yeah, Midheaven and Aries and like everything you described of just like being a voice for this evolving sense of identity and what resonates for you um, and the work that you do is exactly how I would imagine people perceive you in the public sphere. Um, Midheaven mm-hmm. is also like your social media presence. It's like how you are, you know, your your rising sign is a lot of like how you present outwardly in relationships with other people or how they perceive you, but the your Midheaven is, is truly kind of like this outward persona that you have and um, identity in that sense. But yeah, also how, like how you are intentionally presenting yourself. And so um, a lot of times that's in a like career, like vocational setting. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, even like I would say if you had Midheaven in the 10th house, maybe you would be known for, um, for birth work or for astrology right. or these things. But in the ninth house, you're known for the unique perspective and lens that you bring to these areas that you mm-hmm. are skilled in but it's how you're talking about them that brings people sense. to the work that you do. Right. They're like, wow, she has a unique and interesting lens, or I want to hear more about what she has to say about that thing. And through your words and through, yeah. you know, your expression of how you think about these things, that's what brings people to you. That and makes that's, sense. That's like, really like people cool. just like to, I mean, this is my work now is like a lot of like consulting and coaching. Mm-hmm. And people just want to hear how I think about things, which is like very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) But that's also been like my whole life. Like everyone is just like interested by my takes. 
because they they on fire <laughs> the aries and the leo and the sag and the well Mars. that's moon that's moon in the eighth too of like people wanting to be in mm-hmm. in your inner circle and they want to be close to you but it's because like even if they don't really understand they know that you're an authority and a voice on these things and a lot of that comes from like that innate confidence that you funnel everything through but like that confidence isn't false it's through a, a intentional grounding into the things that you believe you're not asserting things just to just because you can or just because you know a lot about them you're asserting them yeah. because they are directly aligned with aries i am who you are yeah and, and i'm like the- confident in what i don't know too and there's no like yeah like insecurity about that i mean you're very vocal about what you believe uh, i'm thinking specifically like on instagram but like you're also always open and like welcoming and inviting people to oh, have yeah. conversations and like disagreements. Like, yeah, bring it on. If, you know, if, if I'm wrong, like, let me know, but we're going to have to have a conversation about whether or not I'm wrong <laughs> and you're not. <laughs> and I'm not because it's like me, like everything is not, not, I meant I'm not because it's my coming to my experiences yeah. and that is like not wrong like it might not be how you think or but like the way that I have come to my conclusions is from experiences experience. yeah and I yeah. think that's again so much of like Mars in the first house first house with rising it's like how you assert yourself and how you move in the world and the things that fire you up and that you're passionate about and that you fight for are all going to be things directly related to your sense of self in the first Mm -hmm. house and it's like how criminal then for people to attack (laughs) anything that you are like passionate about (laughs) like truly (laughs) but also then like your rebuttals are coming from a place of like like I, I could see this placement for someone who maybe doesn't have a lot of the other placements that you have to like back it up being like anybody who disagrees with me, like that's a personal attack because the things that you're passionate about and the things that you are vocal about are so connected to, yeah, Yeah. to your personal experience. I could see that happening, but you have so much. The Pisces moon helps me with that because the Pisces moon helps me truly understand other people's experience as well. And I can like separate Mm -hmm. that it's not mine, but I can understand, like with the whole COVID thing, I truly understand why, I mean, we, we both do, but like, I can feel how people are living in fear. Yeah. And when they say things to me, I'm like, I understand where you're coming from. Literally 100%. That's right. a totally different experience than I'm having, but I can understand how that made you come to your own conclusions. But like, here's my experience and my conclusions. And I've noticed that that's just very different from how other people think and I think that's that balance of yeah the Mars in the first house but also the moon in Pisces just genuinely being like I understand where you're coming from well this like space holder of of empathy yeah also but I think yeah and then but I mean you also have that perspective balance of placements in the seventh house in Aquarius Mm -hmm. opposite that first house in Leo you know you have your son and Mercury there. Is that everything? Yeah, it's yeah. just Sun and Mercury. Just Sun and Mercury. And um, you know, so that is giving you 
this kind of opportunity, like truly like, I mean, sun and rising are like, it's, it's your sense of identity and then also how other people perceive you. So maybe like at first glance, people are like intimidated by how strongly you are like grounded in your sense of self, but you're able to see it from that perspective with these placements in the seventh house of like leaning into partnership and like truly like Aquarius being this sign of the collective and, um, you know, of community and wanting to build relationships yeah. in this house of intimate relationships and partnerships, you know, you're attuned to like not wanting to alienate these people. Like the goal is never to just like get in fights for the sake of fights, despite what Mars in the first house would suggest, you know, like you have these other points that are balancing that out saying like, no, I, I want to be in relationship with you. That might be like a combative relationship because we don't agree, but like, it's intimate nonetheless. Like I'm still going to show up. I'm not just going to like mm-hmm. throw cheap jabs at you. That's not what this is ever about. And so and I think I like, people come to those spaces, even though they know they're going to like, maybe it's not even like lose the argument. It's like, if they're, they're coming, if they're coming in with an agenda to win, that's never what you're trying to That's so do. true. You're just yeah. trying to like be understood and like, but at the end of the day, again, you're so rooted in what you believe that it doesn't matter if they understand you or not. Yeah. That I can't relate to, but because I just like yeah, I feel like I need to be understood but like you're so grounded in that like Aquarius sun mm-hmm. and able to express that because you have Mercury right next to it yeah I've been feeling the Libra more and more like the fact that I have my son in the seventh house mm-hmm. and my third house in Libra like I I am very attuned to that equality and like allowing the other person to fully be in yeah my space and just sun in the seventh house in Aquarius like learning about the collective through my relationships mm. and like having relationships be truly for the sake of like learning about the world really absolutely and that's like really how all my close relationships have been they've always been people that have taught me so much about like community in the world and expanded, you know, really like balanced out the Leo, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'm looking, you have a grand trine um, pattern between Mars and Leo, your midheaven and Aries, and then Venus and Sagittarius. So a fire, fire grand trine. Okay. What's a grand Um, trine mean again? So a grand trine is when you have um, three trine uh, or you have trine angles between three three placements and trines are like very favorable, um, like pleasant, harmonious, um, like angles between things. And they're always going to occur, um, between the same element. Okay. Um, and so yours are all fire signs. So it's like, not only do you have this kind of potent fire energy in your rising and then like outwardly in your mid heaven, um, but then also we have Venus and Sagittarius is there as well. And so it's truly like you are, like I, all of these are just like so heart forward. Like Aries is like passion in a different sense than like, I mean, I think it is truly like the, the passionate sign, even though it's not necessarily always associated with like romance or anything like right. the seventh houses or anything. But then you have Leo, which is, you know, rules over the heart, right? Mm-hmm. and is this like heart forward lion 
sign and then Sagittarius, like literally your Venus, your heart planet is there. So I think all of your passion and like foresight and like wisdom and everything that you communicate in a public sphere, like comes from this place of just like being like really heart centered. Oh, no one's ever said that to me. I know. Why am I like crying? (laughs) (laughs) Because truly, I mean, I think like that is, that is how you move through the world and not even just like on Instagram or, you know, in the things that you talk about there or the things you talk about on the podcast, but like people who truly know you, it's like, they know you as someone who is like reliable and shows up. And I mean, you have like intentional conversations with more people in a day than I do in a month. Like (laughs) truly like, but you're just like, so again, like rooted in yourself and like your needs and tending to them and like motivated by intimacy in like a very authentic way. And I think that is something that all people, whether they know astrology or not, like recognize and like, no wonder not ju- it's not just the moon in the eighth house that makes people want to be around you, but it's like they truly feel like seen and connected to you, even if it's you tearing them down in an argument that they didn't <laughs> like equip to have. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, like heart centered, like you, it is like heart of a lion. Like the Leo yeah. goes so much deeper than the rising sign and the Mars. It's it's mm. it's truly like how you move through the world as this like vigilant protect. Like I think of like the lion as this like vigilant protector of of the ecosystem and I see that's like what yeah. I see in you as like doing healing <laughs> I mean <laughs> truly not, some people don't understand not the it because of a lifetime being told right now <laughs> I think some people like misunderstand it or they're not ready for it maybe because of right. the Aquarius like call like lens like of the future and like knowing like the truth and like how things need to change in a line I don't think people are always ready to to change and yeah like I will fight for the people that I care about obviously yeah and like that is like uh, we'll we're gonna be talking about this inner child retreat that I went on eventually but coming out of that retreat I had a very clear image of my mission as like a protector of women and like chills because that's literally that was the image <laughs> I was getting of like you as a yeah, lion that's what I had to I had to say it because you yeah you like said that and yeah I think that protective energy is how I navigate everything of like if I care about you I will literally like kill for you like I will fight people for you yeah and I have (laughs) and I'll also do that for myself you know but like it is from love (laughs) 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 no but like it's so it's true I mean can vouch Emily Bruce 10 out of 10 friends oh my god okay 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 oh but okay Like, there's a reason you have, like, a six-hour Instagram live birthday party where people were chomping at the bit to come on and just, like, talk about how great you are. That was the best night of my life. No, same. Um, I literally stayed up until, like, two o'clock in the morning just, like, staring at my phone watching people come on and talk about how great you are. I would not have the patience to do that for a lot of people. People were like, can we do this more often? I was like, 
obviously. No, but it's like, but those are like the circles that you generate, you know, like everyone who came on there with, I mean, I didn't know most of them in real life. Like some, a lot of them I hadn't met in person, but it was like, (laughs) I already, even before that call felt so connected to them just because like you weave these, these circles because again, they come from the heart. Like, and that sounds like like a cheesy metaphor, but like, it truly is not like it is very, it's an intimate thing that you do. And, like, you also just, like, are so fun. The Leo energy. Oh, my God. The Sag energy. Sag on the fifth. Like, I just have to just... say, this is, like, this is hitting the love language also of being protected. Because that was another thing that I came out of the retreat with was, like, wow. calling in protection and realizing that the people that I have in my life do provide me with that. And so it's also nice to hear, like, you sort of not that I need, my reputation needs, like, defending, like, nothing has gone wrong, but just, like, it is nice to, to see that, like, protection that I've called in, in action of, like, people who, again, reciprocity, like, mutually will stand up for me, because that's another thing that I've noticed over these past two years, is a lot of people losing friends that have similar viewpoints to me, and I'm, like, I haven't lost any of my close friends. Like they have like defended me or, you know, like protected me and what I believe in. And like, there are a few that aren't, you know, as like vocal about it. But when it comes down to it, I know that the people that I have in my life and that I've cultivated, we like have that mutual sort of protection of like each other, which is just so beautiful because that is, directly coming from like what I needed as a child (laughs) you know (laughs) right so well and I mean what a beautiful what beautiful like lessons to learn when you have your north node in the fourth house Mm. yeah and in Scorpio again it's like you are putting out into the world these this level of like depth and intimacy of the people that are your protectors. Like that's like the fourth house is like the people in your life that are your protectors. Oh my God. I'm gonna like vomit. That's <laughs> <laughs> Scorpio purging right now. Well, and if you think about like that's cancer, right? Like the crab, the shell. Like mm-hmm. cancer puts on this on this shell because it doesn't trust that other people will protect it. And that's like one of the lessons that it needs to learn to integrate is like, no, you can, you can rely on other people to be that for you. Like let them Mm. shelter you. That was, oh my gosh, Keely. That was literally the visual from this retreat. Like there was this hypnosis session that I came out of essentially. And like, we wrote, we like drew a visual and it was literally, it was me holding a baby obviously and then there was like a guy like sheltering and then the sun was sheltering all of us and it was just like protection 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 and <laughs> and then like, not a single when... layer of spf inside <laughs> the false sense of protection yeah seriously people we are not about false protection 
okay? Like, I'm about serious protection. But anyway, that's a fight that I get into with other people that are like, I kept everyone safe. And I'm like, where the fuck were you when this is happening? Anyway. Um, okay, so the visual. The visual. And then that, um, when I came out of another session and I was calling in protection, I had this, like, beam of golden light, like, come down on top of me. And it was like directly from that visual. So this is just a lot right now and like amazingly validating. And just a reminder also to what I'm calling in for a partner too, of like as much of a protector as I am, like equal or more so, you know? And like, it's very clear who that is nowadays because there are a lot of people that are just giving up on whatever they believe in or they're just going along with anything and they'll just do what everyone says and I'm like where are the people that will fight for something no matter what it is like that's why I enjoy fighting with people because I'm like hey you're passionate about something you know like maybe it's not coming from a place of embodied value but like you're really passionate about like what you heard on tv so like tell me about it like it's still interesting to me no that's so attractive yeah I mean, the, like, Fauci fascination is not attractive, but (laughs) anyway. Um, Well, this has turned into a love fest. (laughs) Listeners may have heard last episode that, yeah, we haven't talked in months. (laughs) A lot of of reflection on how much we care about each other. (laughs) And what what better way to reorient ourselves, reacclimate, or, you know, re- I don't know, introduce ourselves to one another than through our birth charts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who are we now? Stars, they're just like us. Oh, wow. I feel so... My heart is, like, buzzing. Also, the fact that I've, like, had heart palpitations my whole life. Maybe because I've had to do all the protecting. <laughs> but I'm just also getting this visual now of, like, being able to ask my heart in these moments when I do have heart palpitations, which is like a common stress response for me of like, where am I not protecting myself? Or like, where do I need to call in protection? Because if that's like my center and there's like misalignment with that or like, yeah, something's out of rhythm, it's like, okay, where is that happening in my life too? Wow. And I mean, you can look to medical astrology for that, for more insights on that as well, you know? Oh, yeah. Maybe that'll be our season four. Gonna need that. The charts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but wow, just like intuitively, yeah, feeling connected in that way, embodying the heart. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you this is great next week we are going to have on okay so next week we are going to have on our favorite astrologer so stay tuned um and i forget what else to say (laughs) What's your Stay heart? tuned. My heart needs to like jump up and down or something. Okay. We're going to go <laughs> jump.
<laughs> See you next week. Bye.